Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Metallica podcast, Volume 1, The Black Album, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Lars Ulrich. We threw a blank canvas out there to everybody. Pick your song. Do with what you want. When you're communicating with other artists, I think artists generally are not big on rules and regulations and restrictions and guidelines. Kirk Hammett. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, and it's, it's so true when it comes to music. And that is probably, like, my favorite thing to hear is when, you know, an artist takes a Metallica song... And he's a part of a different genre and just makes it theirs. James Hetfield. The fact that they are giving and enjoying, celebrating how the Black Album has affected their life, that is going to reach maybe even more people than we ever think will. The Metallica Podcast. The Black Album. This is Side 7, Cover Stories. I think it's important to remember that Metallica started out as a cover band. We love playing other people's music, reinterpreting, and then out of that came our own songwriting and came our own voice and our own thing. The cover element, the reinterpretation has always been dear to our hearts. They get to celebrate the Black Album through their own art, which is spectacular. It's like a a thing that keeps giving. Mark Ryder came to us with this idea of not just getting all your peers or your rock buddies or whatever to cover your stuff and celebrate 30 years of the Black Album. Mark Ryder, chief creative guy, Metallica. I got to thinking, okay, wouldn't it be cool if if we could get some cool artists, some younger artists, some different artists, some more diverse artists to cover Metallica songs? And this was as we were beginning to think about the next remasters, which obviously was the Black Album. It's an incredible collection of 12 songs that has stood the test of time for 30 years and, and will continue to, I hope. In true Metallica fashion, we tried to make sure that the Blacklist was not just another covers album. The guy said, look, we love our contemporaries in the hard rock genre, but it would be too easy to make a record that was just a covers album with rock and metal bands. Let's try to span the globe here. Let's try to comb through as many different countries and you know, as many different genres of music as we possibly can on this album and, and make a record that might turn our fans, our Metallica fans, on to new music. These people are sitting down and really, like, bringing a heavy metal song into their own thing, you know, and basically, like, shape-shifting the song so that it can conform to how they want to express it. My friend, um... Dave Garn, Depeche Mode, Blacklist Artist. We both have this following. We have these fans and people that, you know, it's part of their life. It's everything. It's memories. It's their life. It brings them to a place of hope or something, even in, all, in the darkness, you know. That's where you find it. That's what we both have in common, too, as well. There's like a dark side to both our bands. Tomi Owo, Blacklist Artist. Growing up, Metallica was a visual thing for me. And by visual, I mean Metallica merch. <laughs> we had a lot of cool kids wear Metallica merch. When I was done from college, you know, when we go to parties and go to our friends' houses, we see our friends putting on Metallica merch. So those are my first, <laughs> first touch points with the band. Andrew Watt, producer. Blacklist artist. As I'm growing up and a fan of rock music naturally and getting played all the right things by my dad and my brother and stuff, Metallica is just ingrained in there. When I went to summer camp, I remember starting eight or nine, starting to mess around with the guitar. All the kids and bands, it was like, if you could play the Metallica songs, you were awesome. 
it was like a thing they practiced all summer to learn. So listening to Metallica was something that came right in my formative music learning years. And then being a child of MTV and stuff, you can not watch those videos, the Enter Salmon video, the Nothing Else Matters video, where they're all in the studio. That's like one of the first in-studio videos like I ever saw, you know, like the band really working hard on their craft. Hannah Nicole and Ashley Grace, hash, blacklist artist. We sang in gospel choirs, so we started singing at churches, and then we sang Metallica. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we started we listening to Carpenters. Carpenters, Dolly Parton, uh, Shania Twain. And then our dad was a huge music fan, so he would have Kiss going, Guns N' Roses, Metallica. We were exposed to all different types of music. But you had to know songs of Metallica, so whenever they would play in the parties, you were the cool kid. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, not only do the guys know that, I do. Juanes, Blacklist Artist. I am Juanes, and I am part of the Metallica podcast, motherfucker! I discovered Metallica when I was uh, at school. I was in, I guess, it's sixth or seventh grade in Colombia at that time, 1980s, probably. When I listened to uh, Metallica for the very first time, Kill Them All and, and Slayer, Raining Blood, and oh, I mean, all, all those, I just get crazy about it, but especially... My room was full of Metallica posters everywhere. I remember left side of, of my bed.
Morris of Blacklist Artist. My Metallica experience is that I own Ride the Lightning, which is fight fire with fire. And at this time, there was nobody cared about, well, your hair is fluffier than ours, and our hair is longer than yours, and you're not wearing any leather, or your Levi's are torn, or spandex or whatever everybody just played it was all inclusive i dig these guys i can hang with this i'm a closet metalhead sebastian Blacklist artist. What was my first thing, like my first kind of shock, like, oh, then the logo was crazy good. It's it's funny because it's not the music that came first. It was really the, like the, um, the cover of Metallica. J Balvin, Blacklist artist. I fell in love with Metallica, like really deeply, you know, like, I'm not a religious person, but let's say it feels like it was a religion. <laughs> I was just in shock. I was like, how is possible that this that was recorded in 91, right? If I'm not mistaken, the, the Black Album sounds better than music in 2021. <laughs> Mickey Guyton, Blacklist Artist. I mean, you know, I was listening to everything in high school from Destiny's Child to, well, now The Chicks, including Metallica and Linkin Park was like something I even had to sneak and listen to because it was allegedly super dark to our parents. And my parents are super, super religious. So it was something I kind of just listened to on the low. We all loved Metallica. So you were on that cutting edge if you were listening to Metallica at that time. Eamon Sandwith, The Chats, Blacklist Artist. I think my first experience with Metallica was, I was probably about 11 or 12 years old. I knew my uncle had a CD by them, but there was no one you could really talk to about Metallica about. But so they were always like sort of like a really cool novelty sort of thing that I kind of had to myself for a long time because I didn't realize they were as famous as they are. <laughs> Igor Levitt, Blacklist Artist. A dear friend from back, you know, from my, from my youth, introduced me to Enter Sandman. So Enter Sandman was the first Metallica song I ever heard. It was all about the guitar playing. I mean, Kirk Hammett's playing. It was all about the guitar. And that's how I discovered Metallica, and I remained with it ever since. Kamasi Washington, Blacklist Artist. I got first turned on to Metallica. I had a, a friend, we used to call him Big B. 
and uh, he loved Metallica. And uh, this is around like the load came out. And then my, I found out that the piano player that plays in my band was like a huge metal, like rock. Like I didn't even know that about him until I found out, until he turned me on to Metallica. I mean, it was a little outside of my little dome of culture, you know, coming up in South Central LA. But when I heard the music, it was dope. John Pardy, Blacklist artist. I think it was junior high school and then going into high school um, is when I really kind of heard and, and started exploring Metallica. The Black album is humongous. And it also, it's like anything, you know, it, it reached a lot of people. And then you start going back to the first records. And of course, when you're learning how to play guitar, like you learn how to play in your Sandman. Playing covers is important because it teaches you things like song structure, dynamics, the little idiosyncrasies of how the riff is, works, you know, and how it works within the context of the song. Hey, everybody, it is the Metallica Podcast, Volume 1, Black Album. This is John Party. Continue rocking out with us, talking about a legendary band that we all love. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. I am Igor Levitt. I'm a pianist. I'm part of the Metallica podcast, Volume 1. And it fucking freaks me out until this very day that I actually can be part of that. Yeah, I remember the first time and... Help me out, guys. There was something before it, but uh, we won tour in Germany. This was a black album. There you go. It's a, what, 92, 93? Heard of it. Uh, and um, somebody, there's this uh, German industrial band oh, yeah. called uh, D Krups, uh, who had done some electronic interpretations of a few of the songs from the black album. I hope I'm right. But it was kind of the first <laughs> time I'd heard our music uh, reinterpreted by somebody else. So the fact that they are giving and enjoying, celebrating how the Black Album has affected their life, or even not, or that is going to reach maybe even more people than we ever think will in all the different genres. You know, a lot of these songs are in interpreted on, you know, other instruments, different instruments. That's just another way of, like, things coming around and, like, I'm listening to, to a Metallica song, I'm learning something from it. Mm. <laughs> it's an amazing, cool, creative, like, feedback loop. Mark Reiter. We basically said... Look, we would love you to participate. And what that means is if you choose to participate, then it's up to you to do whatever you want, however you want. If an artist wanted stems or you know, masters of the band's recording so they could toy with it the way some acts did, we gladly turn those over. If uh, an artist wanted to do a complete reinterpretation of the song, the band were elated to hear that and were elated to hear the results of that some of the artists that they enjoy and they love that they were already familiar with were bands like Off and Kamasi Washington, uh, you know, the, are two perfect examples, actually. Those were acts that were requested by the members of the band. Kamasi Washington's version of My Friend of Misery is something that when I heard that, I was just like, oh my God, this is just incredible. This is what I've been waiting to hear is like a full-on, hard-hitting jazz rendition of one of our songs. Misery, 
Kamasi Washington. I hadn't listened to the Black Album in a while, and I went back and I listened to the whole record. There's something about that bass, that bass intro on, on, on Misery that just immediately, it's like, ooh, this is the one I want to mess around with. I don't see the point in me just redoing what someone else has done. There's only a reason to do that is if you don't think that the person did it well already. <laughs> so it was already really great. What I was thinking was, how can I take the essence of what this is and try to pull something else from this essence. You know? Maybe the Enter Salman Reef can be somehow easy for me to, to bring it to my side and to give it a little more of a syncopa, like the salsa kind of thing that the Caribe around the reef, just to, and also to, to bring this element of La Guira that is very important for our music because if you go from Mexico to La Patagonia, all Central America, South America, La Guira is part of our culture because it's the mix between indigenous and Africans. And that element is like our metronome. So I was trying to go with La Guira and trying to bring the, the reef. Never open myself this way. Life is ours, we live it always. For me, in particular, to sit there and listen to a version of Nothing Else Matters, you know, with Miley Cyrus singing up, man, it is spectacular. Andrew Watt, producer. Lars had called me after I actually made that first Ozzy album, and we had met a bunch of times uh, before. And then he told me about this album they were making, and he wanted me to do a cover or two for the album. It was so sacred to me. It was a hard thing for me to conceptualize. We talked about Nothing Else Matters. I was making Miley's album, and she mentioned to me, hey, Lars called me about doing a Metallica cover, and I had already covered Nothing Else Matters live before. Would you want to do that with me? And then it was just so funny to me because I had wanted to do that song. So we started tracking it, and Chad Smith and Robert Trujillo were over my house recording this second Ozzy album, it just made sense to use them. And I really worked hard on the guitar tones. I called Bob, I talked to him how he got the tones, and I wanna make sure, I was like, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. I was like, how can I make this different? And I just went over to the piano and I just went, doing my hands, and I was like, this is a piano riff. That would make it different. Who's the best piano player in the world? Bingo, Elton John. But you gotta have the balls to ask him. So, how's he gonna react? Elton John, you wanna play on this Metallica song? So, I sent it to him, because I know he's such a fan of Miley, and he called me freaking out how much he loved it. I feel like Through the Never has so many truths, like truths about the universe, truths about, you know, existence, and a lot of questions that we know but are sometimes unable to express. I was, first of all, very happy that I had this opportunity to work on this song, this global project, getting Metallica to the ears of people from Lagos, people from Nigeria, from Africa. I feel like it's a special, special opportunity. I wanted Metallica fans to enjoy it from my perspective, the Metallica essence. 
bringing my bit to it. It was really interesting to do. Dave Garn, Depeche Mode. We just decided to take it in a very different direction. More of a, I would say, cinematic sort of approach to it with a lot of texture in it. There's been a bunch of songs over the years of Metallica's that have pricked up my ears. And, um, you know, nothing else matters if I was lucky enough to do this version of... I just knew I had to really just get in touch with what the song was for me kind of felt like this sort of lonely, isolated place. But a, a, a real feeling of hope in it as well, which I, I love about a song. Never open myself this way Life is ours, we live it our way Mickey Guyton. Nothing Else Matters was a really great one for me. And I was trying to figure out how to, because you know, I'm like this country singer that's kind of doing her own thing within this world. And I'm a girl. And, and how do you make something like that your own? And also respect what it is. I need to try something dark and deep and, and, sexy like that so i tried it on this song and i had my little pregnant self in my bedroom back there sitting on the floor leaned over the more pregnant you get the less room you have to sing your diaphragm just can't go anywhere so i was like sitting on the floor keith morris off Our version of Holier Than Thou, our guitar player Dimitri Coates, did something to the arrangement, and he's the whiz, he's the mastermind when it comes to if we're going to record a cover song of doing something to change the, the pattern in our version, there's a bridge towards the end of the song where it sounds like you're standing in hell. There's three saxophone tracks. Go for some free jazz. Go for some scronk. Make some noise. And so it could be one of the saxophones or one of the pedals that Dimitri uses that sounds like a group of people that are kind of covering their eyes and they're screaming at the top of their lungs, like a, like a, almost like a banshee kind of thing going on. And with the chats. We chose the song Holier Than Now because it really stuck out to us as a song that we could probably do justice to. It's got a sick riff and the lyrics are sick. We sat down and we tried to uh, sort of deconstruct the song as much as we could so it didn't seem so intimidating. We sort of broke that riff down and made it a bit more... I don't know, I think we swapped some notes out and made it a little bit different. Made it more sort of boneheaded sounding, I reckon. Like just real dumb sounding, which is good.
Hush. We've always loved the melody of The Unforgiven. But it was a big challenge for us because we grew up singing and well, we sing pop country, right? And so obviously heavy metal is, is pretty far away from that. But something about that melody we, we just fell in love with. And so we chose The Unforgiven. And uh, whenever we were seeing how we're going to produce it or, you know, what, what could we actually add to make the song a little different? I mean, it's a, it's a masterpiece by itself. Hi, everyone. I'm Hannah. I'm Ashley. We're Hatch. And we're beyond excited to be part of this Metallica, Metallica podcast, podcast, volume one. one. Volume uno. joins this earth and quickly he's subdued through constant pain disgrace the young boy learns their rules with time the child draws in this whipping boy done wrong deprived of all his thoughts the young man struggles on and on he's known a vow until his own driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi everyone, my name is Tumi Owo from Lagos, Nigeria, and this is the Metallica Podcast. OMG, 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 I am on the Metallica Podcast. I'm Sebastian, I'm from the label Ed Banger, where I started. I'm an electronic musician. I choose Don't Tread On Me because first time it, I told to myself, okay, it, it's not quick, but it, it's like fast. And I see where I'm going with this kind of song. And uh, when I started the track, I muted all the stems and I just kept the vocals just to see. And the vocals, suddenly, just the vocals alone, it was another word to me. It was just like the metal thing or the, the rock thing disappeared in my head and it came very, very quickly. Like, okay, it's kind of a, you know, kind of a pop song from the 80s. Something more like, the vocals was almost close to Freddie Mercury. Ya son más de 10 años metiéndole y todavía sueno como nuevo Balvin no tiene relevo, me sobra el dinero, el respeto y los huevos Yo, cada movimiento que hago, el juego otro nivel lo elevo Tú sonaste, te apagaste y no lleva ni la mitad de lo que llevo J Balvin That's why we chose this song, I was like, you know, it has the attitude, it has the power And we definitely can make it a, a statement You know, being Latino, I'm a real big fan of Metallica And being on a beautiful position of as an artist right now globally and, and, and allows me to do music with my heroes is just like mind-blowing because they forever gonna be my heroes you know because they're the reason why starting music And so I called Fred Hirsch, who's the very, very great jazz pianist and a dear friend. And I said, okay, Fred, here's this, here's this thing. Nothing else matters means a great deal to me. I will not be able to do it myself. I will not be able to sort of write, let's call it transcription of nothing else matters myself, which I would think meets the goal this piece deserves, but I'm sure you will. Could you, can you imagine sort of rewriting Nothing Else Matters for me. He called me a day later and he said, yes, I'll, I'll do it. And so here's this great song by this great band. Here's the great, great Fred Hirsch. And here's the opportunity for me to just bring these two together and, you know, play this piece, which really became some sort of a piece on its, of its own.
John Party. Wherever I may roam, to me, it was very Western. And it, it would kind of tell a story, a guy living on after death, and he's still on the, the roaming around. He's on the road. I was like, I'm on the road, too. I got a tour bus. And I, I wanted to change the lyric to wherever I hang my hat is home, just to kind of put that cowboy stamp on it and kind of make it more of my speed. chose uh, the Doug Flutie for autistic children for charities. My sister, I, I, she used to babysit and watch an autistic kid. And it, it is really hard because they're healthy kids. They just, they got something going on and it's hard to figure out. So any, any help for those guys is good. All the marketing costs and everything are being paid by Metallica. So it's not coming out of the, the charity. People should know that these guys are always willing to put their money where their mouth is. And in this case, that is quite literal. And the fact that it is for whatever charity they choose and half goes through our charity, you can't lose with that. And people get to put their heart in. They get to celebrate the Black Album through their own art, which is spectacular. It's like a, a, a thing that keeps giving. Obviously, it's so important to the band. And almost immediately, we learned how important that was to most of the participating artists. And I, sh I shouldn't say most. It really is important to all of them. But I mean, some of them said, you had me at Metallica, you had me at Black Album. And it's just gravy that we're also going to make this a charitable project. And uh, I'm super proud that peers of ours will take the time out to not only redo our music, but also be part of the charitable elements and donating to the, all within my hands along with their own choices is a, an incredible project. And to have that be part of the 30th anniversary and, and the re-release of the Metallica album is, is a huge thing. Post-Black album, there was just this incredible onslaught of all these, like, you know, Korean death metal bands were interpreting Metallica songs and rap Metallica and Metallica lullabies and bluegrass albums and Beat Metallica, uh, fade to bluegrass. You know, yeah. all these different things. As a member of Metallica and as somebody who loves songwriting and song arranging and the craft of putting all these things together, the fact that that we can write a song and and we put it out there and then somebody else reinterprets it in their own voice. Over the years, what I've learned is that I have to also, when the opportunity presents itself, like with Metallica did for me, I have to do other things outside of Depeche. I, I have to do other things because it makes me more hungry to, and, and I learn more. I learn things. I learn things about myself. They have the it factor. They're an amazing, amazing set of people, and they work so well together. And there's a longevity that is really appreciated. That's really special to be able to have done this for so long and done that successfully. Juanes. Uh, you know, I was like obsessed, you know, with this. And thank God, you know, because it changed my life forever. I do this with so much love because I have no words enough to explain people how much Metallica means to me. It's too much. It's like everything. Jay Balvin. One of my biggest dreams is to, you know, to meet Jim Hillfield and Lars and everyone. We also know that we had to make a statement. You know, it's not just one song, it's the song. So we were really, 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 really into every detail. You know, just like, no, like, I'm a fan of Metallica, man, we cannot fail. We have to do the right thing. I want them to listen to it and be like, oh, this is right, you know, this is amazing. They respect our sound and add something new to it, you know, because that's the responsibility, you know. This, I don't want to screw it up in front of my idols. And all of my people over in Nashville, I mean, this is a dream come true for all of us, I think, as musicians. And, and to be able to play on a Metallica song that they're asking for. I, I guess people think we're a lot cooler now now that we're affiliated with Metallica. Kamasi Washington. You know, music is a lifelong journey, and you have these people that you look up to at certain points in your life, and it's kind of hard to imagine them having 
even knowing who you are, <laughs> but then also like actually having an appreciation for what you do, it's kind of an, it's an amazing feeling, you know? And so it's like having Metallica <laughs> dig, you know, something I did with, with one of their songs is, uh, that's a huge compliment for me. I think that's my favorite type of cover is when different genres are reinterpreting our music. Or some punk band taking the God that failed and just turning it into this insane expression of where they are in their souls and hearts. And I'll, I'll tell you, as I'm getting hair raising right now, that these bands, if they don't ever hear it, I hope they do hear it. They have pumped more blood into my heart lately than most anything, really. Coming up on side eight of the Metallica podcast, Metallica rules. Every album up to that moment, we have done because we love what we do. We were playing songs, recording songs that we want to hear, that we never got to hear. And we get to create what we love. And the bonus is that other people like it. And that has, that has made us endure. Ever since the beginning, Metallica has always underlined how authentic we, we are. And, you know, this is what you get. What you see is what you get. What you hear is what you get. There's nothing else. It's yeah. all about the future, and hopefully all our best years are still ahead of us. Maybe in another 20 or 30 years, we'll sit and talk about the next record, and that will be even more significant. If not, then why fucking show up? The Metallica Podcast, Volume 1, The Black Album. Executive produced by Lex Friedman for Art19 at Amazon Music. Produced by Lars Murray and Dennis Shire for PopCult. Story producers and writers, Mike Mettler and Catherine Turman. Mixing, sound design and editing, Rob Spate. Showrunner and creative direction, Dennis Shire. If you love what you've heard, give us a five-star review and share this podcast. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and ask your fellow Metallica fans to subscribe too. I'm Claire Sturgis.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Metallica podcast, Volume 1, The Black Album, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey.